Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everybody, and happy, happy finding a way to make your dreams come true Wednesday. And thank you so much for tuning in to Loretta McNary Live every Tuesday through Thursday. And starting in 2013, we will add Friday. Who knew in August that from one day a week to four days a week would happen in just a matter of months? But you know what? I go with the flow of things, and as I'm led, that's where I blossom. So I'm very, very excited about today's show, and I know I say that about every show, but I'm excited about every show that I get to do because I know only the best of the best guests will be on Loretta McNary Live because everything is a divine appointment for me. So without further ado, let me tell you about our life coach that's on with us today. And I'll have to tell you how this all happened just within less than 24 hours. She and I will share that. But let me just read some of her bio and let you know she is definitely an expert and very gifted in the area of life coaching today. So she is the person to help you go into 2013 with expectation. The Rhonda Williams has become the personal life coach for people around the world to help them cultivate a greater intention for their lives, all while adding lasting transformation and exponential growth to how they serve their world. Named one of the finest coaches in the South by New Woman magazine, the Rhonda believes in creating tools that bring realization to the dreams of her clients. As a certified professional life coach, Rhonda has spent 12 years in private practice cultivating the lives of men and women across the world. She also holds two degrees in psychology and one in theology from Stevens College and St. Thomas University. As a nationally sought-out motivational, inspirational speaker and trainer, Deronda is often called upon by Fortune 500 companies and small businesses to be their strategic advisor when they're faced with critical turning points in business requiring dream casting, think tank facilitation, and development to implement the vision of the company. Deronda is the author of two books and the creator, and we're going to talk a lot about this title of these workshops, The Bare Naked Life. Everybody, welcome, Miss Deronda Williams. Hi, Deronda. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm out. I'm getting started out the gate. I'm so excited to be on the phone with you, Loretta. This is awesome. So I'm so excited, and all the listeners, hello and welcome. Yeah, and I already kind of pre-warned everybody and put my disclaimer out that this show is going to definitely be inspiration on steroids because after (laughs) I read your bio and I went to your website and I just um, digested and breathed in everything that was on there and I saw your energy coming alive just on your webpage, I said, oh, my goodness, Mm -hmm. this is a woman after my own heart, so we're going to have to have this as inspiration on steroids so let everybody get ready we promised you we warned you what was going to happen and you continue to listen is all on you (laughs) absolutely absolutely this is going to be a lot of fun it is so let us talk about you first too because your bio it is a very wonderful bio but it by no means does you justice young lady i just want to tell you that people really have to go to your website and see everything else that you do and what you're all about uh and i love how you welcome everybody by saying hello babies (laughs) oh well yeah when we were babies that's when we were closest to our dream 
And so I really don't do that kind of condescendingly. I do it because I, I do love them and I do feel endeared by them, but I want them to be reminded that they were closest to their dreams when they were babies and that they need to return back to that space if they want exactly what God has for them and what the world has to offer them, that they came to rule that space and they can't rule it from the place in which fear resides. And so I kind of want to remind them from there, from the gate that that's what it's supposed to be. Okay. And I knew that because I, I felt it was very nurturing when you said, hello, babies, I'm going to nurture you, I'm going to empower you and prepare you for your own personal, unique, individual destiny. So yes. I didn't think of it as condescending at all. <laughs> and I got that without ever having talked to you. How about that? So your message is delivered from the heart to the heart. Yay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, so tell us how you got started. What 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 happened? Because it's usually a turning point in our lives when we really finally accept who we are, that God trusts us to do this thing, and that we say yes. So what was the turning point? Because we're already gifted with this thing at birth, as you alluded to earlier. So what was it for you that you finally stepped out and said, you know, this is who I am, hello world, and this is what I'm going to do? I've always kind of seen myself as an entrepreneur, one of those people that kind of would do anything um, and everything. My mother just kind of told me I was one of those kids that were special, and you could go out there, baby, and just do any old thing you want, you know. She kind of said that to me, and I believed her. And so, to be honest with you, it took me a long time to find it. It took me a long time to really kind of gear in my head. But as a kid, I would have told you I wanted to be a child psychiatrist. Like, that was what was in my heart. And I um, mm-hmm. so I went to school for psychology. But so this thing, I've been a life coach before it was cool to be a life coach. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there wasn't a whole lot of people doing it. But what I did know is that I didn't want to sit with people on a couch and listen to their problems every day. I wanted to push them. I wanted to ask them the questions that, that were hard, that people weren't going to ask them, and, and say to them, why are you still there? Why the heck are you doing that? How long are you going to do that, you know, and get them into a space where they had to anchor me so that they can pull and push their their lives forward. There is nothing, Loretta, like when you see a person and they're sitting across from you and they actually get it in front of you. Like they not only get it, but the bells go off, the whistles, the light bulbs, everything goes off in their head and you can see that not just something emotional is happening and not just something like, I can do that, I can do that right now. But also, like, the spiritual thing is happening, and they feel guided to do it. And that's what's really super beautiful. I love what I do. Like, I wouldn't do anything else. <laughs> I can tell, and it, and it definitely comes through. And I like that, too, when you say, I don't want to just listen to, you know, complaints and whining and excuses all day. And when I'm asked to speak, I always warn people. I say, you know what, I'm going to have to be authentically Loretta. I have to give what mm-hmm. I think the Lord is telling me to give you because just in case I don't get to come back, I want to turn it out, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> I'm already one of them. I, you know, if you invite me back, it will be a miracle because truth is hard and in your face is hard. I mean, I love as hard as I give the, you know, the, okay, you, what are you waiting on? Why are you not doing this? You're gifted, you're talented, but we need you there's no sense of waiting on the stars to line up you know so that's kind of how i start every talk when i come back yeah and of course it leads yeah. to others but i'm I'm okay if it doesn't because i know i have to do the work that i'm called to do the way i'm called
how to do it. And I wish yes. I was one of those people who was so calm and, oh, okay, well, if you don't want to, then I understand. And, uh-uh, it's not Loretta. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely <my> not. <laughs> and on top of that, it looks like you'll check me, too. So I'm, <laughs> I love that, too, about your personality. It's not just that you're on top but of it, but it I'm looks like you'll check a person. <laughs> time is short. In the world is suffering because we are waiting. Waiting for what? God's already done what God's going to do. Yeah. yeah. He did it. He he, this is no surprise to him. He didn't yeah. need us so. to catch up. <laughs> We're so stupid. Yeah. You're, <laughs> and, funny. And you're, you're funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have okay, to get then, have Okay, to get let's me. talk. You have several, um, you have like five really amazing, profound words that could really, we could say these words and then we could really hang up. Just let people <laughs> marinate on the words that are on your, that you, I guess they're your five principles, your five um, something, you know, you tell me what they are and then we'll discuss this, them and how they apply. Is this the Refresh, Renew, Restore you're talking about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that, yeah. that that derived from actually a very everything in my brand um, derived from a hurting place in me, really. So there's nothing there that I didn't think about. And so my name was um, Deronda, and I loved my name. But my mother's boyfriend at the time, when I was in second grade, couldn't say my name. So he decided that he would change my name to Didi, and everyone in the whole entire family called me Didi. My grandmother started calling me Didi. My father started calling me Didi. My mom started calling me Didi. So I was Didi in business. I was Didi on my business card, and I hated it. And um, I, I met my husband at a party, and I looked for him after that party, and I couldn't find him. He was such a cutie. And I decided I would um, go home late one day, and I kept hearing, go get gas, go get gas. So I go to this gas station way in the middle of the night, and I meet him again two years after oh, I had wow. met him the first time. And and we began talking. He said, you're that girl from that party. He remembered. How cute is that? So he says, what is your name? And I said, my name is Dee Dee. And he said, no, what is your real name? And I said, my name is Deronda. And no one had asked me that really before. And so I was afraid people would butcher it. And if I told them that my name was Deronda, I have to, you know, correct them. And I just... It just seemed like too much of a hassle. But to be honest with you, you know, Dee Dee couldn't take me where Deronda needed to be. And mm-hmm. I started, so if you look at it, the R in that Refresh, Renew, Restore is the R in my Rhonda, really. And, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> see? And so it's the stop pattern. My name means that I'm a sword and that I will cut you. <laughs> and I will. I will cut you. But the thought pattern is, in order for healing to happen, there needs to be a refreshing, a rediscovering, you know, a reliving, kind of all the things that you forgot. And so that's mm-hmm. what those words are about. They're really about my name, the thought pattern that I wanted to soften kind of what you would get from me. It would be the truth. It would cur- it would cut you and it would take you to a place that maybe you didn't want to go or were unwilling to go. But then at that point you'll get this refreshing and a rediscovering of yourself that maybe you didn't even think was possible. Mm, that is so deep because we all, <laughs> I don't care who you are and how your life looks now from whatever penthouse you're looking at it from, 
But there was always a point in time in everybody's life where there was something that, you know, that hurt them. And I'm not talking about a physical hurt, but I'm talking about maybe it was some words that were said in your life or maybe it was something that you wanted and you didn't get. And so that started um, creating a different person in you because now everything is um, seen and and looked at from that place of hurt, which as humans, I don't know why, why it's easier for us to assimilate into a place of hurt than it is for for us mm-hmm. to really mm-hmm. reclaim all the good that is um, in the world and in us. But it's for some reason, especially women and young girls, we can dial everything down to that place of hurt. And so we, we use that to whether we're going to trust you or not, we use it whether right. we love you or not, whether we're going to go forward or not. We, we always come from that place of pain. So I really like what you said. Um, when you have to do that too. And so we all need to start there because once you start there, then these other things can take place, the renewing, the refreshing, the restoring, and you rediscover who, as you said, when we were little and we had all these dreams because most people want, you know, boys and girls. If it was a girl, I want to be a ballerina, I want to be a nurse, I want to be a teacher, I want to be a singer, I want to be an actress, and boys, I want to be a police officer, I want to be a fireman, I want to be a superhero, I want to be an astronaut. And we thought when we were little that we could be all of that at one time. And so at some point, life started happening and taking over, and that real, true, authentic place in us who dreamed got lost. So I love that. Um, That's what you're about is just reconnecting people with where they used to be when they first, you know, believed that they could do all these things because we still can do all of those things. Absolutely, you know, time, with the reckless abandonment. Time is yes, so irrelevant can. because to God, you know, his his like I said, it's already done. And what the next second, it, we're into the future, yeah. right? So a second ago, we were in our past. Now we're in our present. And then as soon as the second hit is just that minute, now we're into the future, and it changes that rapidly. So we don't have time to really, you know. Say we're waiting on something. We need to get the books out there. We need to write those screenplays. We need to go back to school if that's what we want to do. We need to open those businesses. We need to close the business because we're tired and we want to go fly airplanes instead. So whatever it is, and that's why we wanted. I wanted to talk and, and you know after I finish this little soliloquy, and I'm sorry not bringing you in right now, but no, but I think because based on your website, this is who you are too, and we're like kindred spirits. The time is now, you all. Don't wait until 2013. So this is where you come in now, Rhonda, because um, when you were on my Facebook page, and I don't know if I'd ever seen you there before or, or if I've been on yours other than the like over the couple of years. But you just said, I hope, what did you say? I hope um, you're having a wonderful day. Is that how it started? Yeah, I hope you're having an amazing day or something. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just kept popping up twice on my blue. page. Yeah, you kept popping up, and I was like, okay, well, I'll I'll go see her, and I'll say hello. <laughs> it, just, it just kept popping up every time I came on there, and I was like, that's not a mistake, and I need to be obedient. And so I just, yeah, I just wanted to say hello. Wow. And, and very rarely, I'm going to tell you, and, and this is a compliment to how far, I guess, how far the Lord has brought me through this whole TV talk show thing and having this, you know, all these people on Facebook and social media. So (laughs) I'm always on. And so, but very rarely, this is the point, very rarely 
and and it's sometimes really sad to me because it almost makes me want to cry because of what you did yesterday. Very rarely do people stop by just to say, hey, I hope you're having an amazing day. This is what I normally get, and you probably get it too. And I'm not complaining because I know this is part of the beast of um, being in this industry. I need to be on your show. I want to be on your show. How can I be on your show? Um, When can I be on your show? You know, or can you help promote this, or can you help me with this? And I'd like to people think I have that kind of influence, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's, it's not They're without missing. a lot of sleepless okay. nights or you know pain. So when you came on and you just said, "Hope you are having an amazing day," it just really got into my soul. Oh. So it's I, like I just the very thing that. that we also need, you know, it's the thing that we also need to check in to make sure that we're we're well with the world and the world is well with us. And when we miss an opportunity just to communicate and say hello and I love what you're doing and just to be honorable to the God that lives on the inside of other people, we really just miss an opportunity to just kind of connect and bless them, not connect to them, the person, but connect to them emotionally and spiritually about the same struggles and how hard it is for us to come against the gate because we all have a gate and we have Mm -hmm. to come up against our demon wall, if you will, and we all have to break that space. We all have to be willing to go on the other side of it and really see what's there. You know, um, I remember one time I heard my pastor say that, you know, barriers on a freeway, you know, people think that it's, it's there to really kind of keep you in to the freeway. But the truth is it's to protect you from what's on the other side of the freeway. <laughs> and that's the thing is, like, I want to be in that place in which I myself understand what, what my limitations are, what my, you know, and this is hard. When people get to this space in which you live, um, it's hard. And it's not easy going through it every day. And it's not easy trying to figure out the next, you know, wonderful thing to do, the next thing that nobody's doing that everybody wants to kind of get on board with. It's not easy to find that thing. And so I just wanted to honor that space and just say, I know it's not easy, dude. I hope you're just, I hope you're banging it out and I hope you're having a great day doing it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because we need that. And people think that if you're out front and you get to do all these things that they count as wonderful and glamorous, they don't think that we need that inspiration. And we're the people who give it the most. We're the ones who need it the most. So I just really honored you taking the time out of your busy schedule to honor me like that because that was priceless. It really was. And everyone should know, I'm not saying that that's the first time that ever happened, but it was just a very timely place to be because we get mechanical and doing what we were called to do. And I can't speak for you, but hopefully you allude to this too in your next um, part of this conversation. We get so mechanical sometimes and trying to be all, do all, and just accomplish these things and let people know that you're beautiful and you're wonderful and you got to do these things and you can do these things. Yes, you can, that we forget to, to reconnect sometimes emotionally with a good place in us that needs that same thing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there is a level in us that, that kind of has the ability or the strength to keep going once once someone's done that for us authentically without needing something else. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. you don't need to need something else. 
all the god darn time. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't we gotta stop being needy people. We have to be people of, you know, standard where we're the offering of the gift instead of looking with the hands open saying, Give me, give me, give me, give me a platform, give me a speaking opportunity, give me a whatever. Those are things that are meant to be created by us because it was given only to us. And our spirits are the only ones that are big enough to carry it out. Woo. I see that's deep. That I like that. Our spirits are the only ones that can carry it out. And that's how uniquely we're each gifted because when you think of it from a spiritual level, when um and we talked about this yesterday on Teases with Michael, our spiritual personal coach. He said yeah. that, you know, when people say, well, Jesus is coming back for the um, bride and we're the body of Christ, so we're the bride. And he's not just coming back for those who were on TV or those who were life coaches or those who were spiritual um, coaches or pastors or preachers. He's coming back for the entire body of Christ, those who believe and, you know, were steadfast in their belief and their love and they're trying to be right. He's talking about right. everybody, whether you were a street sweeper or dishwasher or you um, pick, you collect the trash as an environmental um, person. So he's talking about all of us. So there are no little parts in, in the big scheme of things. There are no little parts because I wouldn't be able to do what I do without the people who walk beside me, not behind me, who walk beside me to make sure, like, the studio is clean or everything is in place or who takes the pictures or who does the video, who does my hair. Those people's um, roles are just as critical as mine when I'm out front on TV. So I want people to get that. Whatever your gifting is, whatever you're super-duper really good at that you can do it in your sleep, whether it's making these amazing designs out of um, – cardboard boxes, because I see people who can do that, or you can flower arrange, or you can, you know, dig a ditch or whatever, as Martin Luther King said. Be the best at that, because it's very, very important, and don't let anybody tell you anything different. Yeah, there's this space, Loretta, in us that is, you know, where, um, you know, you're talking about, you know, the Bible, you're talking about God. And Paul says, you know, the thing that I should do, I find myself not doing. Those things that I shouldn't do, I find myself doing all the time. And I want your listeners to understand the big thing that resides in the inside of them that is waiting to be executed for the world to experience is unique only to them. And when it's not out there into the world, there is a void in a world, the hunger, the angst that it's not there, the energy that we could be using it, that we could be actually living in their gift, that we could be actually living in their their execution of it, that God chose to live in a personality like theirs, a smile like theirs, a joy like theirs, and it only can come out that special way from them. And if we don't have it, then we're missing something. It's almost like it's almost like um, we don't know what's missing, but something is. We can't really put our finger on it. And when people find themselves in a space where they're unwilling to forward themselves, whatever that is, and that's the exploration, the digging, the becoming the expert, the knowledge of it, the reading, the, you know, finding other people that are like it and doing the same things and entrusting yourself to them and taking it ten steps further and filling in the void in the world, the deficit that's in the world and causing it to read back to you towards the gift you've been given. If we don't want to do all of those steps, we find ourselves working 
eight hours a day on someone else's job. And the only work that really matters is the work I'm talking about. The work that you've been given is the only work that matters. And we spend all this time and all this energy, and we come home and we have the children and we cook dinner and we and it's time to do it again. And we forget that something's been placed on the inside of us and that needs to be activated that other people might live, that other people might be challenged, that other people might grow, that other people might, you know, be able to go into this space that only this gifting will allow them the opportunity. We don't stand on the place of a radio or being able to talk about a Martin Luther King without the ability for them to have gone before us to get into those spaces that we're even allowed the opportunity to be in there. And so those are the things we have to think about, that we're missing you. And when you will, and when you forget how to come out, because there's all these criteria and circumstances that keep you bound and fearful of your own shadow or what you're supposed to be doing, there's no one to blame internally for not taking that risk with them. Wow. Okay, I'm glad you said that because this is a good place to kind of dial down everything because we took off out the gate and we hit our 50,000 um, feet in the air. So I think, and what I'm hearing my my spirit say to me is, let's let's come back down to the to the runway because I think we left a lot of people there. And you you that was a great place where you just ended was to say. Um, we're waiting on you, and you got to do these things. And I know you have to work uh, in corporate America. You have to work in some of the restaurants. You have to do those things. But I'm not. I'm saying, and what she just said is, but that does not negate who you are spiritually and who you're gifted to be. I understand you got to work. I understand you have responsibilities. I understand that's the job that you have right now today, and that's the only job that you could get, or however you feel about that. But it does not negate purpose. And sometimes or the purpose, your or purpose can be found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So sometimes plan. your purpose can be found there. Mhm. Yeah. There is there is a development that we're supposed to be making. And that development often happens in the middle of the night when you think you have to tinkle, but you're really being awoken to spend time. And spend mm-hmm. time being quiet, spend time reconnecting, spending time thinking. Those are the times in which you plan what your next state is. If you're sitting there at that job with no thought about when, it'll be a good time when I get all my ducks in a row. I'm going to save all my money, <laughs> and then I'll think about it, and then I'll put it something together. Then I'll go find somebody. No, find somebody now. Execute it now. Do the things you can do without any money right now. Go and find somebody to couple with you and do a pop-up store or and 10% of all the proceeds go to A, B, and C. You know, connect to someone that really has your, you know, the other pieces that you don't have and ask them to kind of, you know, be the opposite of you, the yin and yang of you. And y'all do an event together, a workshop together, a teleconference together, something that will empower you for the next step. Because part of us are not hearing what to do or it feels dead to us, like our deadening of our senses, where roses don't smell like roses where candy doesn't taste like chocolate anymore. You understand what I'm saying? Where things don't Uh seem important anymore. You don't have the fervency to go after it. You don't have the energy behind you to go after it. And that can happen in mundane life. You have to awaken that part of yourself all the time so that when you begin to see it, 
every single thing is executed because the next step has been taken care of, that you're in the midst of, of working it out, even if you can't see it, even if you don't understand. And that's the space in which, you know, we're supposed to be living. That's supposed the space we're supposed to be breathing in every day. This job is just mm-hmm. a job. What you ultimately have been called to is to serve an entire nation that's waiting on you. Wow. And wow. That that was good. I'm gonna have to replay the show myself just to get that piece again. And I definitely agree with what what you said one hundred percent. And so we need people to understand how to get there. Okay. We're we're telling you all this, and, and we gave you the high level of, you know, what happens when you get there and how things change and people change, and you may change a little, and then we dialed it down to we understand that you have to work on your job, but we're telling you that's not an excuse for not doing the thing that you are created to do. So how do, how do you get from where you are today to even midways to pursuing your purpose, and I want to let Deronda kind of start with that and give you some tips, And because this is what she's really good at. This is what she knows she was built to do, so I'm going to allow her, I'm going to ask her, invite her to go ahead and share with how to get from there to even on the road to pursuing that purpose. Excuse me. Well, it's a step-by-step process. The first thing is the identification of it. You know, I went to the high school performing arts. I went to the junior high school of performing arts. And I can, in in my mind, I sing beautifully. I have a lovely voice. I got a Tina Marie, Shantae Moore deliciousness happening. But really, that doesn't mean I'm supposed to do it for my life because I'm talented at it. it. It is an execution of me being able to stand in front of people and not be afraid and knees not chatter so that I can be a a mouthpiece or a voice to people who don't have a voice. And that's what music, music goes inside your soul and gets in you. So the things that music taught me were what was my equipment for doing what I'm doing now, but doesn't mean I need to be on the side of the corner singing or waiting on the demo. I'm, I'm great at it. but it's just a talent. So identifying between a talent and what you're supposed to be doing, what you've been purposed to do in the world, and be willing to have an enterprise. And an enterprise meaning can all of the things that I am best at, not just good at because I'm just a shower singer now, but best at, meaning if this doesn't get out in the world by me, I will die inside that kind of best at. And so when you cultivate those things internally, can they all work together? And which one of them is meant to roll out first? I think we get so convoluted in our spirits and inside that we're supposed to do everything or nothing. We're supposed to, you know, blah, 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 and we're supposed to use our own money to do it. And we've never been called to do that. We've never been called mm. to do that. We've never been called to use our own effects, our own money, our own time, our own. You have never seen that. You've never seen it where people, and, and you, when you look at those people who are doing the thing that you want to, the Oprahs, the Richard Bransons of the world, the Tony Robbins, the, you know, when you look at all those people that are billionaires and millionaires, most things that they go and get is free to them now because of who they are. Yeah, and why true. is that not true for you? 
because that's where you're going. So it should be free to you too. It should be a gift to you too. People should just be providing for you. People should just be executing for you. People should just say, I have that piece and I'll help you do it. And you should be willing to ask them for it because it's making a demand on the spirit that's supposed to be stronger in them. You're doing them a favor. So we have to get into that piece. So the first piece is identifying what the purpose really is. And two is being able to make an enterprise, being comfortable within yourself to make this enterprise work. And really seeing the whole entire picture is number three. Part of us, you know, um, we don't want to be quiet. Being quiet is so important. It's an internal mechanism and process that allows you to center your vision and yourself about what is going to happen. And not just what is going to be happened, but what is going to be my response to what happens. And this thought pattern of just like getting up, it's almost like a sexual experience. You would not get up before the consummation of climax happens. And this is the same thing. Why would you get up before you have all the answers? Why would you get up before you had the blessing of being able to go out into your day? Why would you pray and then walk away and not hear everything and journal everything and get up in enough time to do it? When we have a sexual experience, we turn on Sade, we get the lights all down, we put candles on, we get the bed, we clean ourselves all up so we can be delicious, and we don't do that for the sake of our dream. We should be able to spend time and be intimate with the spirit so that we can hear everything that's supposed to be meant for our dream. So what happens is we get up with part and we go full force in part. Well, I got to let go of my job. I got to do this because I got this thing to do. If you look at just that part, you'll be in trouble. You'll be in so much trouble because you don't have the whole picture that was internalized in a God that was bigger than you, that wants to reside in you. They can't reside in you in part. Next, be able to work yourself backwards. So now you've seen the whole thing, right? If you go to the very end of that whole thing and what you look like, well, I'll be on television and I'll have my name out there and it'll be, and I'll have my book out there and the people will be talking to me and I'll be speaking to big crowds and blah, 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 blah. Then you've got to do all the steps to work yourself backward in order to obtain that end result. And so your little efforts, the little ants, the little wonderful ants that can putting yourself in position to move that rubber tree plant or to collect all your food so that when 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 winter comes, you'll be ready. <laughs> Stay ready so you don't have to get ready, right? <laughs> so this thought pattern of going exactly. to the end of it and working yourself backwards so that you can see how how many things begin to open up to you. The beautiful thing about that is that every step you make, there's new instruction. And every step you make, there'll be new instruction. But when you're not on the road, you'll hear silence. And that's a problem. Wow. And, and I say that, too. I told him, you know, it, it's like the Red Sea. It, it did not part until the first foot 
for two, three feet, stepped into the Red Sea, then it parted. Same thing with the River Jordan when the priests were taking the ark over. Until the priests actually stepped in the water, it did not stop up. You know how it no. was, it, um, not supposed to, but it was stopped up and high where you could see it almost like a, there was an invisible dam for it. So you have to make the step. You have to take the step to get the instructions. I like how you put that. I love how because you put that. Because the problem that. with that is that it doesn't respond to us that that's what we're supposed to be doing. And you'll never have mm-hmm. a person respond to you because they don't want you doing it. And then you look really <laughs> cool to them. You look like you're already doing it, so you don't want to share with people that you're not really doing it. So the fact that they don't think that you need any help. It's just like a wonderful, Ooh. vicious cycle. So we never ask for help. We never say we need help. We never say that we don't know how to do a thing, and you never move. <laughs> What's wrong Ooh, with me? I can't that's, do that. That's not independence. That is pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It mm-hmm. becomes it becomes um, almost like a broken piece internally inside you, which leads me to the next step. You've got to clean up all the mess. I call it the ability to show your baboon booty. And, and I love my creator. I think he's very, very important. He's huge and big, but he is not going to send me out in his name showing my baboon booty. If I am not ready and I force my way, I know the right people, I did the right things, I didn't care who was there, I forced my way and I did not fix myself along the way. I'll present a false sense of who I was supposed to be to the world. And I can't do that. So one of the biggest pieces is get yourself right. Get a counselor. Get, get, go, go get theophostic prayer. Go sit with somebody and tell them your issues. Go forgive some people and really forgive them and let it go, even if you've got to do it ten times that day. <laughs> I, I want you to be whole doing the gift you're supposed to be having. I wouldn't be a coach if I hadn't been coached, if I hadn't been trained on, if I hadn't, I hadn't been led. I paid $15,000, $12,000 a month to be coached. I, I paid a lot of money to be coached that I might not show my baboon booty. And if he wanted me to do it, the supplying of the money comes before I do what I'm supposed to do. Because remember, you're already at the end already. This is the other thing. People see you there already, so they're treating you. They're acting a fool with you, jealous of you at the end, at the end result, not where you are right now, where you can't pay your car, no, you can't pay. They don't see you there. They see you at the end. So you can't respond to them in your mess. You've got to respond to them powerful. And in that, looking at the wreckage of all the people you hurt, and all the people where your personality and your spirit didn't translate and learning from it and actually p- providing a module. Every time somebody hurts me or every time I hurt somebody, I look at it. I tear it apart. I look at the wreckage almost like, you know, I'm, I'm dissecting a frog or something because I want to know how I can make money on it. I want to know how I can create a new module. I want to know how it went in me and can bless somebody else. Because otherwise it happened to me for not, and it's going to keep happening to me, and now it's going to happen to me in public where everybody can see. 
I'm not going to show my bad booty. Wow. booty. I don't care about y'all. <laughs> I like the bad booty. Oh, my goodness. And, and you know, that that is not a pretty sight. That is not a pretty sight. So I can see I can see when you're passionate, when you, when you hit a certain level of that, I can, I can see a whole other person uh, being revealed to us. And <laughs> Because that, that's one of your, your areas where I think you have a really strong gift and you're very, very passionate about it is when people go out too soon and then they, if they don't learn from their lessons and then they don't capitalize on it because, you know, and especially for those who are, are religious and they know the word better than, you know, I would ever know it because I'm spiritual, not religious, that your gift is supposed to make room for you. So if this thing that you are doing and you're not, as you say, turning it around and, and being financially rewarded for it, for your hard work and for your diligence and your study of it and your um, making it perfected as you can do it, then something's wrong with that picture. Something yeah. is definitely wrong with that picture. So how We do have you, convinced um, ourselves, Loretta, that God works in a way that with raggedy stuff. And I think he'll help you start that way where if you don't set your business up right, you don't do things right, everything is kind of frayed at the edges and God will bless it. I think you can start that way, but you can't continue like that. <laughs> you know, people are looking at me like I went and got some of my husband's money. You've got to create business credit. You've got to get an LLC eventually. You've got to go and ask people for, you know, a car lease under your business name, especially if you've messed up your own credit. <laughs> people are missing this opportunity to be bait. And why don't they want to be great? Because because they're willing to be lazy. And the very thing that they're supposed mm. to do and 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 boisterous and excitable and mad and angry about the thing they ain't supposed to do. Wow. So you want to keep using the excuse of waiting. Waiting oh is God. not standing still. If that's what you're doing, because you even alluded to it, you got to get right. You got to be um, good, great at what you do before you go out there. But don't confuse that with "I'm just waiting." You know, no. "I'm just waiting." You, you've been waiting for seven years. Come on, it's time to get out there and make it happen. Because two things going to happen: if you fall, God's going to catch you. And then the other thing is you may fly and not even worry about falling. You don't know that until you get out there. And then some people, I don't want to move ahead, God. That's an excuse, baby, because God is bigger than that. (laughs) You can't move uh, ahead of him, and he's not going to allow it to happen if it's not time. If he allows it to happen, you fall in your face, then that doesn't mean you went too fast. That just means that was a lesson to be learned, and you're supposed to take it and make it better and do something with it and come back even stronger and better. I really like what you were saying about that. And we have to be consistent soldiers. We have to be consistent. Those that have gotten there, they keep doing it, they keep doing it, they keep doing it, they keep doing it. They wake up, they do that, that blog the same day every time. They wake up, they do that blog the same day every time. They call the people all the time. They get online at the same time. They, these people are consistent, a routine. And this is not of my own understanding. My husband is very, you know, systematic, and he's really taught me this. And I'm not perfect at it. You know, I'm still the girl that leaves her shoes downstairs, and when I take off my clothes, wherever I take them off, that's where they stay. And hopefully they find themselves on the bench at the end of the bed. So I don't want you to get it twisted. But this thought pattern of, like, keeping a routine and doing things that your body experiences a rhythm that your spirit experiences a rhythm is really important. 
it is like it is like things happen automatically. People come automatically. Things encourage you automatically. Your feet are strong automatically because you've created something that is now a habit. It is the same thing that you will get if you smoke cigarettes every day. You smoke four packs of cigarettes every day. What is alluded to you is a promise, and the promise is that either you're you're not going to be able to breathe as well, you're going to have cancer, and a bunch of foolishness is going to grow and happen there. And this is the same mm-hmm. thing, that if you habitually do something that you love, that you go after it, that you encourage yourself, that you really find a way for the greatness of, the, of that particular result to come to you no matter what. Mm. I love. Because, yeah. Go ahead. Go because ahead. all is energy, and energy begets itself. So the more you do a thing, the more that thing you're going to get. And that works whether you're a believer or unbeliever, whether it's good or bad or positive or negative. Whatever you do the most will beget itself. you get more of that thing. So, you, yeah. you know, if you're not getting what you want, then you got to really strategically and honest, brutally honest and be very authentic in looking at how you're doing things if you want something that you're not currently in possession of or you're currently not getting. So don't get as you I love it because I use that a lot. It's like, well, you said don't get it twisted. I'm like, honey, I can talk with the CEO of the FedEx or whoever, any movie, you know, and then I can talk to whoever I need to. I'm making a point that whether you're yeah. educated or not, whether you make a billion dollars or $500 a year, then you understand, don't get it twisted. I mean, don't, don't put me in the box is really what I'm saying because I will make my point how I make my point. So you have to do something different. And it is not when the new year kicks in that you will start this thing. And you said it, Deronda, um, if you're already ready, then you don't have to waste time getting ready in 2013. These are the times when everybody else is slowing down in November and December, girl. I'm already strategically thinking of who I need to partner with to make some stuff, more stuff happen in 2013. Or, like, this year it was, I mean, last year it was for 2012. So I hit the ground running December 31st, not waiting until January 1. And so that's why when you said, hello, how amazing day, and I realized, okay, I was going to take off Wednesday. Now I don't want to take off Wednesday because I really want Deronda to come on the show and let's talk about expectation. Because without me even saying it, you respond. Uh, expectation, and I go in expectation mode. It's like I get two extra months in my year because November and December are my new year. <laughs> they are mm. my new year. Mm-hmm. So I already yeah. started, so I want us it's to talk so, about, it's oh, such a creative time right now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so beautiful right now. It is It is bubbling over with excitement, and, you know, execution was supposed to be the thought pattern of, prophetically speaking, into 2012. And this thought pattern that you can have every single thing that you're supposed to have, and whether 2013 is the, you know, explosion, explosion of the harvest of all the things that you're willing to work out in these 20 days is really up to you. And you can do it. You're going to have to be thoughtful. You're going to have to stay up and not sleep. There's something in you not sleeping. It's something about you taking an additional time for yourself and staying off of Facebook and staying off of, you know, the computer looking back and forth from your email to your Pinterest to your you know, LinkedIn ain't nothing new happening there. What's new is happening is happening in your spirit, and you got to go in your spirit and brainstorm it out. 
You got to think of new things, flip it, flip it, flip it until it works. Flip it, flip it, flip it until somebody else can attach themselves to it and it be powerful. Do you know there's something called catchafire.org where a person can kind of go and put their needs of their business on there and somebody will take it and pick it up free, whether that's videotaping, PR, whatever? This is this is a thing. We're not sitting with this enough to know that there are already tools set in place for you to succeed. Cool. It, it has to be for you to even go and do it. Yeah. Wow. Say that again. Say that again. I'm sorry. For us Say to what be you able just said. to do it. For us to be able to do it, there have been strategic things already put in place for you to succeed. He already put them out there. They're waiting on you. It's a, it's a, it's really what I tell my singles when I have a single person in front of me. I was like, your husband is waiting on you. Now, whether you look like the person that God spoke to their heart about is up to you. Now, now you're supposed to be exuding something outside of yourself, so much so that it attaches to their spirit and says, oh, that's the one I'm supposed to be looking for. Oh, that's who it is. Oh, that's who I'm supposed to give that $30,000 to. It's the same thing in your spirit. Something happens, and you have to look like it. You have to smell like it. You have to be going after it. And if you're not in position, the right position, looking the right way, feeling the right way about yourself with the right kind of funk coming out of you, they will not see you as the person Mm. you're supposed to be with. If you ask my husband, he'll say, you look exactly like the picture in my spirit that God showed me is my wife. I had My husband at the time, you know, he's a really mild cat, an attorney, corporate attorney, but he will tell you there was like four chicks around by the time I came around, like four chicks kind of hanging out. And he was like, but they didn't look like the picture God showed me. And I kept trying to make them into the picture that God showed me, but when you came, the picture was exact. Oh, my goodness. Because I had been working on me. I had been spiritually laying myself. I had been getting up at 4 o'clock in my watch hour and trying to figure out who I am. And I and I hear in this spirit of when I know more about myself, I know who God is. And when I know who God is, I know more about Deronda. See, we, we are definitely, because well, this is what I, how I say what you said, which makes a great point. Um, and I uh, talk about this in my book. I, I was at a point in my life where something had to happen differently. I was doing really well corporately. Um, and my boys, you know, we were we were living the life, but something within me was not there. There was a void. There was I should have really, really been ecstatic with the way things were going. We could go shop, we can go out and eat, we can do all these things materially. But still, there was something within me that was not happy, that was not satisfied. So I said, in order for, I said, well, maybe I just need to, you know, find out who I am. And and I didn't know who I was, who I was opposed to be. I didn't know this woman that I now am back in the day when things were just so people were looking, oh, already got it going on kind of stuff. Because I was right. still, something in me was not right. So I said, okay, let me just start, you know, maybe, and I was already going to church, so that wasn't it. And I didn't know that just going to church will not create within you um, the pieces that need to be created. It has to be more than just going to church. So don't stop going to church. I'm saying in addition to going to church for those who are, you know, younger and spiritually not as mature as I am now. 
Um, so I knew there was something missing, so I had to do this search. And, and instead of me really searching for who I was, I couldn't. So I started searching for God because I'm like, God, your word says this, but then I'm feeling this, and this is not adding up. So when I started searching and finding more out about who the Lord is and not based on what grandmother told me or my mom or what the pastor was saying for what I knew for myself, I began to um, change. I started changing on the inside, and I started, like, I'm searching after God. I'm going after him. But when I found him, guess who I found? I found this Loretta. The Loretta that I was created to be was somehow got lost in what my mom wanted me to do or what I thought I needed to do for the boys. It was outside of myself. So I'm saying you got to do the work. you gotta, you got to be authentic who you are. And what you said about when he, those who, of us who are single, because we have this aura about us, who we want to be to that person that we want. And so, like you said, he's searching for that. But if you're really not that person, if you're just faking the fuck, you're not really doing the work, then he won't know you. He will pass right by you because, like you said, he's looking for this picture person, this picture, this person that is in his spirit, but you're not hurt yet because you haven't done the work. So don't lose And he'll pass you by and settle for something less than you because you've missed that. Yeah, because you've missed it, not because they missed it. Why is all my friends so excited? Why are my friends all getting somebody? They're getting somebody because they've been consistent in the process of trying to change themselves, and they look enough like you are supposed to be. <laughs> mm. See, that right there is a conference. Okay, we don't, girl, we have sat here and talked all this time. Now I really wanted to talk about the bare naked because I've, hear, I've heard, you know, back in the day they said, you, you don't get butt naked or whatever. You're saying bare naked. So what? <laughs> Well, this thought pattern in order that we are born naked, that we have to die naked in order to really live, you're going to have to be bare and not be afraid to show who you are and allow all those things, those protection, protective mechanisms to fall down, that you might have exactly what you're supposed to have and be who you're supposed to be. The ability to be daring and be amazing and be naked is just, Awesome. We got to be willing to create a bare naked life for ourselves that love might exude out of us, not in the transformation of kind of who we're becoming, but who we're meant to be and all those people we're meant to share that with. You know, people forget that this road is very lonely. So you got to find people to love you. You got to find, you know, your your ability to love yourself truly. You know, I was left alone most of my life. Like as a kid, I was left alone kind of like a latchkey kid, you know, let yourself in, mm-hmm. cook yourself something to eat, you know, get your homework done, lay down, get go to school, get it done again, you know. And I was kind of done that way because my mother was a single mother. And it was something about this thought process of, like, someone touching me. You know, when my daughter, when I, when I, I, I have two sweet daughters, but when I got into this process of, you know, being able to just be on the couch with them and their feet touching my body, it would bother me because I hadn't had touch. I hadn't had nobody Ooh. touching me like that. My husband was the only uh, real clear thought pattern that I had, I, I could be in that intimate space and it'd be okay to me 
I'm sure you can do it sexually because you're trying to hook the person, right? But can you do that <laughs> when it's when it's just pure? Can you do that when it's nothing else between you but love? And I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. And so I had to bring her unto myself and say, crawl into mommy's lap because I didn't want it so bad. I was like, i got to break this. You know, we're not willing to love ourselves that much to do that work. This work is supposed to be whatever you're supposed to do, the purpose you've really been called to, is supposed to do something in you that heals your ever being. If it doesn't do that, you're just doing it just to be happy. See, I can seem to be happy. But am I doing something that's going to change my insides that I can just live and not want to jump off the ledge and die? Not jump off the ledge to my dream, but jump off the ledge and not want to be here no more. The people who are sad, who want to commit suicide, those people who are in depressive states and they can't get out of the bed, Loretta, those people is because they haven't found the thing that makes them so happy and been willing to do the work that exchanges all their pain for something more beautiful than that a love that's unquieted, unwarranted to them. And that's something. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That, girl, now that right there, there's a whole other conversation because there are <laughs> people, especially this time of the year, who feel oh, that. Absolutely. And what happens, they forget how valuable that they are and that, yeah, you know, it's tough and it, and it's rough. And and I got to say, I've, I've had a fleeting thought of that. Maybe, you know, I'm just going to give up like that uh, when yeah. I was yeah. really going through some things after my son passed. But it was because I just felt I gave up on what I could give out. It wasn't about what was going in, on. In, in and, the and it was a, I felt validated more. Open. I gave yes. up on what. I could give to this world and make it better, not myself. Because like you said, when you're giving out something, that makes you better. When this show is not about meeting all the celebrities and getting to wear all the gowns and, you know, being able to, you know, live comfortably and, you know, have people know my name. It's not about that for me. It's about it changes me. This thing is the hardest thing I've ever had to do, This the TV show that I do. It's the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. I never thought I would ever be doing this thing, but at the same and it's the thing that keeps me on my face to die crying out is too hard it makes you vulnerable it's the most fulfilling thing i've ever done in my life absolutely loretta because when the pain comes and it turns into compassion in our hearts Mm -hmm. that we can help somebody Mm -hmm. else with it that's when we are magnificent we're not magnificent holding the pain we're magnificent when the pain has been Girl, given away. We've we, we done an hour show already, Deronda. Do you understand <laughs> that? And it feels like five minutes. Okay, I'm saying that we should do this again if you're up Absolutely. for it. We should do this again because if nobody else has gotten some stuff out of this, and I know that's not going to happen because everybody will, I have truly gotten some stuff out of here. And so I want to thank you for thank taking you. the time out your busy schedule to be available um, within 24 hours of my invitation, because it was supposed <laughs> to be. You were supposed thank to be here with me, me today. Oh, and thank you. you've been awesome. You are so awesome at what you do. I want you to know that. And so in closing, everybody, and I know I'm doing this almost abruptly because I just looked at the time. We have less than 60 seconds. I just want to uh, share this quote from Thomas Edison, and it will kind of sum up. And this is the quote that will sum all this up. And you can find her on Facebook and on her webpage. Just Google her. You'll find some of stuff. And me too. If we do all the things we are capable of doing, we would literally 
astonish ourselves, and that's by Thomas Edison. And so, everybody, I always love you so much for tuning in and listening in. I hope you take what has been said and make and grow yourself better because ultimately it makes this world better, too. See you on Loretta McNary Live on Tuesday. Enjoy your 12, 12, and 2012. Bye, y'all. <laughs>